The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you, and as always on this Saturday morning, a 30-minute conversation about gambling addiction and addicts like myself, uh, all done in an effort to not only humanize the addict, but maybe make uh, those of you that have no connection that you're aware of a little bit more knowledgeable about what addiction looks like. And uh, perhaps somewhere along the way, you might be someone that uh, receives a phone call or gets a text message and suddenly you're thrown into a world that previous to this you knew very little about. So we appreciate you listening. Hopefully over the next 30 minutes, you'll come to have a better appreciation for what gambling addiction is and what it looks like. Joining us, as always, from Epic Risk Management is our pal Dan Trelaro. Danny uh, is in Chicago right now. We'll jump in here in just one second. And very happy to have on the show today Felicia Grondon, who's the executive director of 800 Gambler in New Jersey. And just full transparency, they're also a sponsor of this show and have been a sponsor since I returned to the radio station in an effort to help spread the word about gambling addiction and compulsive gambling. Felicia, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you, Craig? Doing great. Thanks so much. Dan, I think we have you connected in Chicago as well. Are you there? Yes, I am, Craig. Thank you so much. It's good to hear from you. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day out here. All right, yes, so Felicia, I guess a couple things. There's 30,000 foot things uh, from me. You know, as gambling or the legalization of gambling has grown and grown and grown, you know, from uh, desktops to, you know, uh, laptops and phones and all that other stuff, I keep reading the numbers that say that New York and, of course, New Jersey, which you're most concerned with, have uh, surpassed Nevada from a standpoint of number of accounts that are being opened and total amount of money that's being gambled and ultimately uh, won by the, uh, the casinos and the entities that have the uh, online wagering. Uh, But give me uh, an example of how much it's changed on your guys' side, let's just say in the last year alone. Well, our uh, barometer for um, identifying um, individuals that are struggling with a gambling problem are our helpline calls. Um, And we've seen a dramatic increase in our helpline calls over the last, I would say, six years. Our helpline calls have increased uh, by 225 percent since 2016. Um, And we attribute that to um, online gambling access uh, as well as sportsbook. Uh, So we've seen a dramatic increase in those helpline calls. Um, I mean, looking at the uh, revenue uh, just in 2021, uh, the total revenue for lottery, casino, Internet and sportsbook uh, totaled over $6.41 billion in the state of New Jersey. That's quite wow. a lot of money. Wow. So no wonder our calls have, you know, uh, you know, increased as they have. And give people an idea, is, the, is there such a thing as the usual call or a stereotypical call uh, that your uh, volunteers answer? Well, a lot of people call just wondering what we're about, number one. 
Uh, and a lot of people, there are people that are actually struggling with a gambling problem or have a loved one that's struggling with a gambling problem, that they're looking for help. They're looking for a, a kind ear, a compassionate ear. They're, they're looking for direction as far as how to overcome uh, the struggle um, that they have. Uh, and family members are just looking for help to find out how they can help their loved one and how can, they can help themselves. They can learn about Gammonon meetings, uh, and for the the individual, uh, you know, GA meetings. So, um, uh, as well as being referred to treatment if they are open to going to a, a counselor or a therapist. Right. That's know, one of the one of the things that I want to talk to you about. And uh, I, I, what I'm about to say, I just want to make it very clear: it's is not Felicia's call on this, and I want to be respectful of your job as executive director for 800 Gambler because it does help so many people, but. You know, I find it really objectionable as someone who's lived this life, right, uh, who's gone from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows from a gambling standpoint and now makes a good uh, percentage of his life towards trying to help other people, you know, so they don't have to experience all the, the, the bad things that I experienced. And I find it objectionable that New York, New Jersey, and I think every other state for that matter, doesn't put aside money to one day build a center, an addiction center, a therapy center for gambling addicts. And I've seen some of the numbers, and while I'm not saying that it's a casino's responsibility or a sports gambling operator's responsibility to, you know, to dedicate, you know, a majority of their revenue to help out, you know, people that have a problem, but the fact is these centers don't exist. And if they don't exist, I start wondering, well, how frustrating is it for people like you, Felicia, who count on, you know, public money, who count on, you know, the state to earmark X amount of dollars, who count on operators to do more than just pay lip service to uh, allow you to market 800 Gambler. Uh, And I just wonder how frustrating it is for you or if I'm dead wrong about that and the operators in the state of New Jersey are doing what you think they should be doing? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, state regulation. And first of all, it is incredibly frustrating. Our budget has remained flat since 2016. We haven't gotten one increase in 2000 and since. Who's who's responsible for that? Is that a governor decision? Well, uh, we are. uh, Some of it is statutory. Some of it is regulatory. Um, we, in, we haven't gotten any sports book money. I can tell you that much since sports betting has, has come online. We haven't gotten any of those funds. Um, but it's very frustrating. Our, uh, we've been actually along those lines, we've been in, uh, having more communication with the legislature and initiating that to a greater degree to make them obviously most important thing is to make them aware of the problem. Right. Uh, and, but also to make them aware that more money needs to be devoted to, uh, you know, to, uh, educational programs, awareness programs and treatment. I mean, think about it, $6.41 billion. I mean, (laughs) we we receive a minor fraction of that money. Uh, The money that goes to alcohol and drug programs, although very much needed, 
dollars similar to that, the percentage of dollars needs to be definitely needs to come up in the state of New Jersey when it comes to to uh, gambling uh, disorder without question. And one of the ways that we're looking to, to do that is to really ha- engage more with the legislature to um, educate them about this addiction and um, to advise them we need help. I mean, it's so difficult for us to keep up with the advertising today. Um, the gambling advertising is, is unbelievable. Uh, we do our best to um, to make people aware through advertising, but it's so expensive and it's very difficult for us to keep up. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I would. Dan and I talk about this all the time. I hope that before I am no longer on this planet, I hope that every state that's got some form of legalized wagering will also earmark a couple dollars to literally to build a center. Like, you know, when I went yeah. to rehab, I went to rehab in Prescott, Arizona. And part of the reason I went there is that I believe at the time, this may have changed a little bit, but I know it has not changed drastically. Dan, maybe you could speak to this. When I went there, I was told that there were only three gambling-exclusive rehab centers in America. There was one in Minnesota, there's one in West Virginia, and there's the one in Prescott, Arizona, Algamas, that I went to. And I'm saying to yep. myself, you know, I put it through insurance. It didn't cover all of it. I was in a position back then where I could cover the difference. But, you know, you're talking about billions and billions of dollars that's coming in. And I'm not saying, you know, give us 10% of it, give us 50% of it. I'm saying give us enough to build and staff an inpatient and outpatient center so that the scores of gambling acts that are coming down the road, and they are coming, are aware that there's a place they can go to get the help that they need. And I'm not talking just about the gamblers. I'm talking about their loved ones, their families. Like you referenced Gammonon, which is a great program for relatives of people that have gambling addiction problems. And make people aware that if you're a New Jersey resident, that there's a center being built so that you can go get help. Yeah. And uh, I hope I live to see that day. I hope I do, too, because I think yeah, that's I, an awesome idea. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other location that has an inpatient, I believe, is in Louisiana. I believe there's a place in Louisiana that has a, a gambling-specific. But, but that's listen, even if it's three, four, or five, it's still woefully under what's needed. And I think we're seeing, you know, one of the issues that we see with the repeal of PASPA in 2018 and how sports betting has grown on a state-by-state basis, these are the issues that we're challenged with. You know, I have the privilege to go to college campuses around the country, Craig, and we talk about that a lot. Even college campuses and how they advise their student-athletes are somewhat bound by state regulations when it comes to things like even NIL deals. Like, there are certain statutes and regulatory limitations on a state basis. And when you don't have federal or national policy, we don't get the federal funding. We don't have national funding. Right. And it's up to each state to decide what to do. Now we've got too many people trying to make decisions, and nothing goes – it doesn't go anywhere. And that's, that's the frustration as well. Felice, you know, I've had the great opportunity to speak at a number of conferences, and I know you guys have one coming up. Uh, can you give us a quick idea of uh, when it is and what you guys got cooking? Yes, actually, uh, our 40th annual conference is going to take place next Friday, September the 23rd. Uh, it's going to be held at the Conference Center at Mercer, located in West Windsor. 
We have a great program uh, planned, uh, and it's entitled Problem Gambling, Be Informed, Be Empowered. Um, and we have a number of great presenters, uh, including uh, that are going to speak on topics, including understanding, understanding gambling-motivated crime, uh, the uh, gambling treatment implications, um, gambling and trauma. And we're also going to have a great panel on voices of recovery, uh, which we're really looking forward to. So if anyone can make it um, and they would like to register, uh, please go to 800gambler.org uh, to register. And we hope to see you there. I got one more question, uh, Felicia, before we let you go, and really appreciate you coming on. And no if, it, if it's a sensitive topic, I apologize. But, you know, we read commercials here all the time, uh, whether they be uh, for uh, New York operators or New Jersey operators. And it dawned on me that there's not a universal phone number. And you guys have the best number, 800-GAMBLER. And I'm just wondering if there has been any conversation at all for the sake of you know, hey, let's just make it as easy as possible. You know, New York, it's like Hope NY, I think, is a part of the number, but I don't even know the rest of it. Uh, has there ever been a conversation to allow the number 800-GAMBLER to become uh, the nationwide number that people can call regardless of what state they're in? Well, actually, there's been many conversations, and we have uh, reached an agreement recently, actually, <clears throat> Uh, with the National Council on Problem Gambling to actually utilize 800-GAMBLER as a national helpline. And that agreement was initiated and activated in July uh, of this year. So we are incredibly excited and happy that our number is being used. And uh, it's a very, as you said, it's a very uh, notable number and memorable number. And we're hoping that many states will, uh, will jump on board to use that number to make, uh, to enable access to, uh, to those that are struggling to, to get the help that they need. So now, does excited. that, so if someone calls from another state, would, does that still get routed through uh, the folks that you have working for you that man the phones or can theory, could you guys have satellites at every different state? So if I'm in Illinois and I call that number, there's somebody in Illinois and your staff isn't overburdened with calls from around the country. No, actually, the calls from each state will be routed to the state Great. to which they were originated. Great. Well, so, listen, uh, I, yeah. I, I appreciate you coming on today. And as I, I, you know, I've never met, but I hope you do know that uh, I'm a phone call away. If I can ever be of service in any capacity to uh, 800 Gambler, uh, you can count on me. I very much appreciate the support you guys have shown me on a personal level and in supporting this show. And, uh, again, I look forward to getting together with you guys and being a part of the solution moving forward. And I really appreciate all the hard work you guys put in. Well, thank you. And we appreciate your hard work. And uh, we are there for you as well. You call upon us if you need us. We'll be more than happy to help you. Felicia, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Coming up, more Bye -bye. with me and Dan right here on Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome back to uh, Hello, My Name is Craig. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Dan Trelauer joining me as always. Uh, Dan's in Chicago right now. Dan's been touring the country, talking to uh, Division One and other Division uh, varsity athletes on college campuses. As you know, I'm going to also be doing a college tour starting on September 28th at Pace University. 
And over the course of the next uh, few months, uh, we'll be hitting a lot of the local colleges. And then, fingers crossed, knock on wood, it all goes well. And we start a national tour as well. And you can't talk to young uh, men and women enough because that is the single uh, fastest growing segment of our population that's gambling now. And Dan, when you go to college to college to college to college, what seems to be the uh, commonality amongst the kids? Is it the the ease of gambling? Is it the excitement of gambling? Is it the social aspect of it? What are the kids telling you guys? Yeah, you know, the, one of the big takeaways is that I consistently hear is that sports uh, betting is not a form of gambling. They're, they're looking at these marketing ads, and they're with their friends. They just see it as a fun time of entertainment. They don't see any harm. The, the, common, the common reaction I typically hear is, well, that's not me. You know, I'm different. Right. You know, and I think that's a common theme you hear from people in that age demographic. You know, that, I won't end up that way. And, Craig, you and, I, you and I, when we first got started with this, you know, in our gambling career, I never thought I'd end up where I am today doing the work that I'm doing. But it was because of the fact that there were other factors in my life where gambling became that outlet for me. And it's that ease, like you talk about. And these student-athletes, I mean, they have friends that are non-student-athletes. And so just the, the, the wagering and the betting that comes along, it's so accessible. And it's just something to do to pass the time. And it could be in the form of video games. It could be side betting. It could be sanctioned betting, you know, through legal operating sites. It's all around us. And anytime there's a lot of accessibility, that becomes something that could be a problem for some. Yeah, I, again, I hope I'm wrong about this, but in my opinion, it's opinion alone. It is not based on any tangible fact whatsoever. My gut is that we are days away, maybe weeks away, from a major gambling scandal at the college level. I just I don't see how we avoid it because so many people are doing it now because it's so easy to do. And even with NILs, you now have the ability on a legal level to pay college athletes. So if somebody wants to take a look at the star point guard or quarterback's bank account, it wouldn't be all that surprising if that player had significant money coming through his bank account. And I think that this is ripe for a college kid who gets himself in a bad spot, whether it's gambling or not, but finds himself in a bad spot with bad people and those people say to that kid, here's your choice. And the choice is shave a couple points on a game, miss a kick, throw an interception, whatever the case may be, because we got you over here in a situation that you can't get out of, right? And yeah. I don't think yeah. it happens at the pro level all that quickly, but I would not be surprised if it's already happening at the college level because it's the wild, wild west, right? Yeah, it's, and that's what keeps us up at night. You know, when we have our meetings with the NCAA and we get the privilege to tour colleges, and without going into specifics, some of the concerns do center around particular sports, for example. Yeah. There are certain sports that lend themselves to having higher risk of sports betting integrity issues and match fixing. Yeah, you basketball. Know, basketball, I'll say it. Basketball is the easiest basketball. one. You're up by 20, so win by 14, you won the game, who cares? But golf, too. Country club culture is betting. on When you play golf, there's side betting all the time. Sure. How about tennis? No one's going to think twice if someone double faults in the third game of a second set. Right. And even soccer, with the in-play betting, uh, you could have a guy taking, taking a yellow card or taking a dive. Somebody could be betting on that. Listen, so a friend of mine was at a uh, New York Med game the other day and is not a big gambler. But uh, they were there with some friends, and they got the app on their phone, 
and they were talking about in-game wagering, and this is just a random buddy of mine who, again, is not a big-time gambler, okay? And over the course of the first three innings of the game, thought it would be fun to make a wager on every single at-bat. Yep. And did. And was like, yep. wow. You know, it changed the entire dynamic of the game. Now, Changes fast forward. You know, if you could do that on a college baseball game, and I'm good friends with the cleanup hitter, and I can make a wager right now that he strikes out at this at-bat, he can guarantee that happening. Now, he can't guarantee hitting a home run. He can't. That's but one thing every batter can guarantee is a strikeout. Every quarterback can guarantee an incomplete pass and on and on and on. And I'm telling you as a fact in my, let me rephrase that. I'm telling you in my highly educated (laughs) opinion, it's going to happen and it's going to change sports forever. And, you know, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, and, and, and correct me if you heard differently, I believe it was Kevin Durant last year talked about, it was in an article, talked about how he liked knowing that he kind of had the influence and the ability to influence people's in-play wagers. Yes, he did. If he yes. doesn't feel like rebounding that day, well, guess what? He's not going to rebound that day. And when you have athletes that are well aware of what's going on around them, I'm not saying he's doing it, that that's not the intent. But there's knowledge about the ability to influence outcome, and that's why in-play wagering can be so tricky. That's why there are integrity issues and concerns, which is why we do the work that we do at Epic to help educate student-athletes and staff and administrators about the potential harms. Well, I'll do you one better. This was a a famous thing that happened last year when uh, when Clay Thompson came back to the Golden State Warriors. It was going to be the first time that their five guys were going to be on the court at the same time, right? So Draymond Green started the game because he wanted to be on the court at the start of the game for Clay's return, all right? Okay. Everybody that is involved with Golden State was well aware that uh, Draymond was going to come out of the game at the first whistle, but that he could officially say that him, Steph, and Clay started a game on the court at the same time. And they were really smart betters who knew the information and wagered a lot of money on it to the point where the sports operators, the bookmakers, had to immediately adjust whatever the prop wager was because it was clear to them that something was going on. Now, that's innocuous. That's a Draymond Green, uh, and people were betting the under on all the props on Draymond, and they all won. Now, that's innocuous. Nobody did anything untoward. There's nothing illegal about it. But it's very easy to control that, and that becomes a problem. I could talk about it forever. We're out of time, so I'm not going to. Dan's with Epic Risk Management. They're doing a great job. And our thanks to Felicia Grandin from 800 Gambler. They're doing a great job. Normally, of course, on the show, we try to bring you the human side of addiction by talking to a fellow compulsive gambler. Every now and then, though, we do have to walk you through kind of the business end of what Dan does for a living and what I'm aware of happening in New York and New Jersey and, of course, nationwide. And you need to be aware of it because it's pervasive and there's going to be a day, knock on wood, that day's a long way away, where it's going to enter your living room and your home and you need to be prepared for it. And hopefully hearing shows like this at least give you uh, some information so that you can be as best prepared as possible. Dan, appreciate your time as always, pal. Safe travels and we'll see you soon. 
That sounds great, man. Have a great weekend. All right, coming up at 10, Joe and Evan. And then Evan and I, of course, are back again Monday at 2 o'clock. Thank you so much for listening to Hello, My Name is Craig. Mm -hmm.